Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Hello, B-Slayers. Welcome to another episode of The Miracle Moment. I am very excited to once again have another Migraine Miracle Plan success story to share with you today, this time coming from Migraine Everland member Julia Sherwin. So like several of the other success stories we've shared on the podcast here, Julia is someone else who suffered with decades of ever-worsening migraines, um, especially as she got on what she calls the triptan train, as is so common. And then in late last year, found her way to the Migraine Miracle Universe, um, went all in, uh, joined the uh, joined Migraine Everland, uh, completed the Beast Slayer Training Academy over the course of the next several weeks, and really, uh, as you'll hear, took all of it to heart, not just the diet piece, but all of the components, and now is reaping the rewards for all that hard work. So a wonderful story with much to learn from. So now, without further ado, here is the interview with Julia Sherwin. So I'm pleased to have with us today, uh, Julia Sherwin on the podcast. Hi, Julia. Hello. Hi. So Julia is part of our Migrant Neverland family and I believe has had some wonderful success recently in a fairly short period of time and has been kind enough to share her story with us today. So Julia, if you don't mind beginning just by telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm a civil rights lawyer in Oakland, California, where I've lived for about 21 years. My husband and I have a law firm here, and I'm originally from Detroit, which is where this thick Midwestern accent comes from. So can you tell me a little bit about your story with migraines? I think I read that they started when you were pretty young. Well, I'm 50 years old now. I started getting migraines when I was five. So they've been sort of a fact of my life for as long as I can remember, 45 Mm -hmm. years at least. You know, before I found triptans, I got fewer migraines than I did recently and less severe migraines. But when I got on the triptan train, it it exacerbated pretty badly. Mm -hmm. Do you recall about when that was? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. After reading your book and doing your Beastlayer Academy, which is fantastic, it took (laughs) me about a month to do, and I really highly recommend everyone do it because you'll learn so much about your body. But I didn't know also that you, you know, when I was a kid, I had abdominal migraines. I Uh, just mm -hmm. viewed those as stomach pains. And then when I was in college, I started having what I called sinus headaches (laughs) Mm -hmm. and would take sinus medicines. So kind of carving out abdominal migraines and sinus headaches that are were really kind of migraine activity. In the past, when I was younger, I might get one migraine a month up to 10 in a really bad month. I might get 10 migraines. And then I think about in the mid-90s, I started on Imitrex, which, you know, I, as I've heard from other people in your podcast, and I'm sure you've heard thousands of times, it was like a revelation, a life-changing, <laughs> wonderful thing. Yes. Um, and started with Imitrex and then Zomig and Maxalt. And then about 15 years ago, I think, when Ralpex came out, I, I got that. And I've been on that all those years. Mm-hmm. When you were going from one to the next, uh, were you having the experience that they would work for a while, but then stop working? And that was the reason for switching? Yes. And then some of them gave me kind of funky side effects that seemed to cause cognitive problems. And I'm a lawyer, I can't really have cognitive problems. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so my doctor would, you know, switch me from, but there did seem to be like an, an initial works amazing and then maybe works not as well. Right. Um, Do you recall in childhood, you mentioned having, in retrospect, at least recognizing that you were having the abdominal migraines. Did you also have headaches as well? Do you recall? Having oh, those? yeah. And I, I had headaches and it's kind of genetically, my mother had migraines, her mother had migraines. So I would get classic migraine with aura beginning and then you need to go lie down in a dark room and you'll be spending a lot of time vomiting, that kind of thing. Really very severe, Mm -hmm. um, really horrible migraines. And when I was a kid, the sort of family medicine was just lie in a dark room and put a cold washcloth on your forehead. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did till I got on triptans. Mm -hmm. And so obviously you had to go through quite a bit of schooling and then had a demanding job and career over that time. Were you kind of still able to manage and not miss out much? Or were you having to take days off? Or how was that all playing out for you? Well, I had the really good fortune to have been a good student in school. Mm-hmm. My recollection is throughout kind of most of my school years, I would miss the maximum number of allowed days before you start getting considered for suspension. I think it might have been 15 days a semester or something mm-hmm. like that. And then you know, in law school, I would just kind of miss classes quite a bit and make up the time on my own. And and then in 1998, my husband and I started our own law firm. So I have been kind of, I don't have a choice. Like if I'm in trial or I have to go to court, I just have to go there with a migraine. Mm-hmm. One time I was, I was in a, an appellate argument in Cincinnati in the federal circuit court there and literally had to run out of the courtroom to go file it. Yes. <laughs> so there were days of sort of disability, but also just kind of soldiering through because that's what's required mm-hmm. for my job. Many migraineurs can probably uh, count all the strange places they've had to vomit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right of passage. <laughs> so at their worst, kind of what, what were things like and when was that for you? That was until I found your Migraine Miracle book on the day after Thanksgiving last year. <laughs> okay. So I, I started, I mean, I would say with the Relpex, it started getting like less, less effective. It might help 50 to 70% of the time, at least cut things back so I could function. But I noticed I was getting more and more migraines so that I've got a fantastic headache doctor at UC San Francisco here, Nina Riggins. And when I first saw her, she got me on keeping a journal, you know, uh-huh. that sort of diary. So last year in 2018, I had eight months where I had between 10 and 20 migraines a month. And then, you know, that kind of pain scale, those are often for me going to be like a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. And I have a pretty high pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. And then the day after Thanksgiving, I started thinking, you know, I'm wondering if Relpex causes rebound headaches. And that's how I found your website. Gotcha. Um, Googling, does Relpex cause <laughs> rebound headaches? Yes. You have really good SEO. So I <laughs> that, sort of, that article I, has brought a lot of people in, yes. <laughs> so I sort of stumbled onto your um, website. And I will say, you know, having named it, it's completely aptly named The Migraine Miracle. But when I stumbled on your website, I thought, you know, that's a bold statement. And are yeah, these right. people selling some kind of like snake oil, you know? And right. We have heard so of I re- before. <laughs> yeah. So I've read a lot of your kind of like free online client uh, content and then pretty quickly decided to sign up for the Beast Slayer Academy and learn so much and then started following the like that day it was November 23rd 2018 I started you know no gluten no sugar kind of reorganizing my life in terms of stress management that kind of thing gotcha 
So yeah, what have been some of the most significant changes that you've made? Probably medication were part of it, but some of the other things as well. Yeah. So December was, you know, kind of a rough month because I went cold turkey off of Relpax initially to just break myself from rebound headaches. So I had, you know, some suffering there and learning that, you know, your body can actually naturally handle pain. So, I mean, I was kind of addicted to Relpax. If I didn't have it, I would be panicking and going to the pharmacy and making sure I had it all the time, Mm -hmm. carry it with me, um, you know, keep it in my medicine cabinet at night. So kind of weaning myself off of Relpax and realizing I'm going to feel kind of crappy for a while. Mm -hmm. That was December and I had only, I had five migraines in December, but then in January, Maybe I had five migraines in January. December was a rough month. But then February and March, I had only three migraines each. And then last month, I had only two. And I really feel I'm 100% confident I'm going to start stringing together some month-long periods where I have no migraines. And that is just completely miraculous. And I have you both to thank for that. Were there some changes in diet-wise that you made that were pretty significant from before? Oh, yeah. So I... I'm on like decaffeinated coffee for many years. So that wasn't really an issue for me, but I've had a sweet tooth my whole life. And so really going hardcore off sugar, completely off gluten. And then it was helpful for me to learn, you know, you have that little diagram where you say, here's the migraine threshold and these things are going to like get you up closer to it. And Mm -hmm. then there are some things that are going to pull you back from it. So I started doing a lot of deep breathing when I would just get that little tiny twinge over my left eye that tells me you're going to get a migraine soon. Mm -hmm. Um, I would stop what I'm doing. I would get dehydrated quite a bit. So I'd drink some water with Himalayan salt in it and just deep breathe, really up meditation frequencies. So I Mm -hmm. make sure I meditate every day, really um, making sure I exercise every day, even when I feel like I don't have time Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. And it's, it's crazy. I've lost I went to my doctor last week and she said I've lost 20 pounds since last August. I don't go to the doctor a ton, but I've lost weight. I'm sleeping better, but it has required me to kind of say no to working till 10 o'clock at night and getting up at Mm -hmm. four or five, (laughs) you know, so major lifestyle changes, but dietary wise, really monumentally going off gluten and sugar. The Miracle Moment podcast is brought to you by Migra Neverland, our premier resource for people with migraines which you can now try for free for 30 days. As a member, you'll have access to all of the member materials that we have created since we first launched Migraine Everland back in 2014. So that includes the B-Slayer Training Academy, which is our foundational training for how to put the Migraine Miracle Program into action. It includes primal provisions with almost a year's worth of weekly meal plans and recipes. It includes the weekly clinic chat, which is a uh, Q&A session with me that takes place each week inside of our member Facebook group. It includes access to the entire archives of the chatter, which are the transcripts of all of those Q&A sessions, so almost 150 issues of those at the time of this recording. It includes access to the Migrant Evercast, which is a podcast that is exclusively for Migrant Everland members. It includes access to all of our 30-day challenges like the Keto Blast, the Jump Start, uh, Sleep Challenge, the Movement Challenge, Mindset Challenge, and more. It includes access to the aforementioned members-only Facebook group. 
and it also includes the newly created roadmap to Migrant Everland, which guides you step-by-step -step on how to utilize all of these resources to progress through all five stages in the journey to Migrant Everland. So once again, you can now become a member and try it for 30 days for free. To learn more and to get started, uh, head over to mymigrainmiracle.com forward slash join. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Hopefully you've experienced the uh, trade-off of the, when you start attending to those lifestyle factors and the diet factors and so forth, your, your performance when you are working and awake tends to go up because your energy levels are so much more stable and consistent. Yeah. You mentioned having a big sweet tooth. I was just curious if that has been a challenge to cut out sugar. I thought it was going to be a much bigger challenge than it was. So I found your plan literally the day after Thanksgiving and had a migraine because I had turkey and stuffing and a little, not a lot, but a little bit of pumpkin pie and that kind of thing, just like right. a gluten and sugar um, toxic day. <laughs> yes. And I had a really bad migraine and I was, and I, the Relpax didn't work to get rid of it. So I was just ready. It was like something had clicked in me and I was just ready to be done. And mm -hmm. so after the sort of four or five days of feeling really badly initially, I had a lot more energy and zero cravings for sugar at all or for gluten. And previously I would, oh, one thing I'm also doing is not eating breakfast. I kind of eat only when I'm hungry now. So right. I don't eat until lunch. Mm -hmm. And I had tried for 20 years to make myself eat something in the morning because huh. breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> and then whatever I had for lunch, it didn't matter if it was like all protein or just, you know, salad and protein, no matter what I had, I would always get an energetic crash at like three or four in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. I just could hardly keep my eyes open and that's gone. So mm -hmm. it's sort of like the trade-offs of, of no sugar are so much better. And I would, if I'm thinking like, oh, I might want to have some junky thing asking myself, is that worth a migraine? And the answer to that is always going to be no. Right. Yeah. And then there are times like I'm not, I mean, it's not a completely sort of overly strict thing because I can kind of gauge sure. like, what's my stress level? You know, I, I'm going <laughs> to have some wine if my stress level is lower. Mm -hmm. If I've slept well and I exercised a lot and I'm feeling good, you know, I might have I had cake a couple days ago with my husband, but then it was like I was feeling really relaxed. I wasn't stressed out. I was not a whole ton, you know, and I didn't get a migraine and it was fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, do you find now that if you're taking those little risks that having the confidence of having been through ones where you were able to get through it without anything, does that help you in those situations as well? Yeah, definitely. And also when I've had migraines since then, they're less severe. Right. And there's less of a, like there's a saying, you know, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. There's less of a kind yeah. of like signing up for the optional suffering piece for me. <laughs> yeah, <that's great. laughs> you mentioned you went cold turkey with the rail packs back in November. Does that mean you have you, have you not had any since then? No, I've had it a couple times or I mean, I, I had to drive like two or three hours for a conference and I uh -huh. had to get there and I took rel packs. So there have been a few times that I have taken rel packs. Last month when I had two migraines, I took it twice. I can't remember what was going on, but it was some like really need to be functioning as a lawyer kind of thing. And right. I took it and it didn't really work so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm really looking forward to the point where I can just kind of be completely done yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a great point because we get 
these questions all the time and folks who are trying to figure out how to navigate this, you know, do I go cold Turkey? What do I, you know, how do I decide? And, and it, obviously it's like every time it's just a, it's a unique decision. And there are, there are times where you're just weighing a whole lot of evidence. If you have to be on the risk benefit analysis may make sense, but as long as you have that long-term goal and as long as you're have the awareness of kind of what the trade-off is, you know, so much of the problem has been that we haven't had the awareness of the trade-off of, of taking something and kind of the consequences. And so it's harder to make right. an informed decision if you don't have that information. Right. Yeah. You mentioned too, I think that you've incorporated some stress management stuff with what you're doing, which is great because a lot of folks tend to kind of focus heavily on the diet piece and, and neglect some of the lifestyle issues, which are just as important. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about any of the things that you do now maybe to help in that regard that you wouldn't have been doing previously? Yeah, well, you know, previously for me, my kind of primary thing, my husband and I don't have kids. We have a law firm together, so we get to work all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Previously for me, kind of like everything took a backseat to work. So I, if I needed to work, I would not exercise. I might, you know, uh, forget to eat lunch, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm hungry at lunchtime, so I'm going to go take some time out and eat. And I have had to sort of scale back my work schedule and I'm still working that out. And I think in my firm, our team is kind of like wondering why am I not there all the time in the way that I have been historically. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely kind of saying, okay, I have these limits and this is what I'm going to do. I am going to exercise because I know if I don't, it kind of gets me closer to that threshold and much easier to go over it. Meditation for me also has been a, a big thing. To, not even, you know, some kind of like woo-woo half an hour thing, but even right. like five minutes or 10 minutes in my car before I come into the office. Mm-hmm. Super easy. And then really a big thing, which I kind of can't believe, is really the Himalayan salt water and deep breathing. <laughs> if I just start to get a headache, I mean, it sounds totally crazy, but right. it will get rid of it really quickly most of the time. Yeah. So. I think you wrote to me that if someone had told you that you could get rid of a headache with salt acti- right. activity and deep breathing, you would have asked what they were smoking. That's right. <laughs> and I mean, it's a totally, everybody can relate to that. It's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this, this really works. You mentioned some of the abortive medications you've been over the years. Had you tried any type of preventative treatments as well? Oh, yeah. Back in the 90s, I had been prescribed Prozac off-label uh-huh. as a preventative, and then I had tried Topamax, which I stopped doing because it caused me to be kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> Dopamax or whatever. Um, and then amitriptyline. My headache doctor now has me. I get SPG blocks every few months. Uh-huh. Um, uh, lidocaine up the nose. Right. And then she, she did try two rounds of Botox, but the second time I had some bad side effects, so I'm not doing that again. Mm-hmm. So I have tried all sorts of things with very little result that I could see over the mm-hmm. years. I mean, that's the thing, like your program is completely 100% natural. You're in control of what pieces of it you want to do. And for me, I've had a 70 to 90% reduction in my migraines just naturally, yeah. you know, and if, it, if there were a medical device or a pharmaceutical <laughs> that could do that, it would be like all over the New York Times. Right, every right. Morning talk show. <laughs> yes. It's, it's unfortunate that that's the world we live in. You know, if, yeah. you, can't, if you can't patent it in a molecule, then it won't get right. press. But, uh, but man, yeah, if you could, it would be a blockbuster. I was just going to say, but you are doing your part in helping spread the word by 
joining oh, yeah. us today and yeah, that's what I wanted to about your experience. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you too. Is I think you mentioned that you shared your success and you shared the book with your doctor. How is that received? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was because she's a she's a very prominent at UC San Francisco. There's a headache clinic. It took me like a year on the wait list to get in to see her. She does a ton of research. She's uh-huh. really fantastic. And so I I started and my approach to things is like if I stumble on something that works, I'm just going to give it to everybody I know. So I bought 10 <laughs> copies of your book. Awesome. Um, I think when I first first got in the plan and it was working for me. So I've given all of them away now. <laughs> but I gave her two copies and I said, you know, I just want you to check this out. I went through his whole Beastlayer Academy. It feels to me like really good, solid science. And this is working for me in a really great way. It might help some of your patients. And it was very cool because it was right before she was doing a presentation at like a patient education awareness day at UC San Francisco, Mm -hmm. um, where she was talking about lifestyle changes to prevent migraine. And so she's got, uh-huh. she's got all this, you know, medical literature, citing all this medical literature. And then one of the things she cited is Dr. Josh Turknet's migraine miracle, nice. which was very cool. Yes. And she said that she gave it to the dietitian at the hospital, awesome. you know, just to kind of throw that in there as mm-hmm. in the mix for people so that they're aware. And I also, I just saw my regular doctor last week and I told her, you know, I'll send you the book. And she said, no, I'll get it on Kindle. Just give me the name. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, we're we're seeing more people coming into our community who came because like a doctor or something like that, you know, recommended the book. And that's fantastic. And it's because people like you are doing this or they're getting success with it. They're sharing with it. And, uh, and that's really moving the needle. I, I always say that's much more powerful than me getting up at a medical conference and like giving a, a boring <laughs> talk. Right. Like, yes. when, they, when they see a patient who's, you know, had, who's struggled for years and then has success, you know, that, that makes more of an impact than anything else. Mm-hmm. So right. thank you so much for, for doing that. That's really, really great. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything that you would tell folks who are kind of where you were at before you discovered the book and, and where you were at when you were kind of in the worst of it? Yeah. I mean, for one thing, all of us, everyone who gets migraines knows how awful they are. You know, they just, they just suck and they, they have the ability to steal your life if you let them, you know, and, and I really hope that anybody who's considering, well, get your book is so inexpensive. They definitely need to buy it. But even considering doing the Beastlayer Academy, I would just urge anyone to do it. You will learn so much about your body and get so much more power over what's going on in your life. And really get the keys to your own freedom, you know, so I just really urge people to, and I'm not on social media, I'm not even, I'm not on Facebook or anything, but I know you have a really great Facebook community and (laughs) where people can get support. And I just want to thank both of you so much for the amazing, wonderful public service that you're doing. Thank you for that. It also sounds like you mentioned it took you a month to go through the academy, and I, I like hearing that. If the intent is for it, for it to take time for people to kind of digest the material mm-hmm. and, and, and put it into action, and it sounds like you've taken all of it to heart and kind of put the pieces in and then figured out how to make it work for you, which is exactly what I want to happen, and so I appreciate folks taking the amount of time and putting that kind of energy into it, and that means a lot, so thank you for that. Yeah, it will be the best money anyone has ever spent to go through your academy. I'm not kidding. And plus, Jenny, the great recipes. I mean, it's just like so user-friendly and 
idiot proof, you know. <laughs> Thank you. So. Thank you. Yes, she's worked very hard on those, and I'm a beneficiary of all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, thank Julia. You. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, thanks again to Julia for taking the time to share her story, and another one that kind of illustrates the uh, value. Uh, of going all in. Uh, she clearly uh, took everything we offer to heart and uh, has gone all in with all aspects of the plan and is seeing some amazing results. Anything that particularly stood out for you, Jenny, in her story? Yes, I would say that one thing that she seemed to do really well was that, like you said, she looked at the plan in its entirety, and she didn't do what a lot of people do, which is to come in and really focus on the diet and still continue to neglect all of the lifestyle factors, Mm -hmm. you know, the sleep and the exercise, the meditation. And I'd also say mindset is a big one that she, um, she didn't really mention it too much, except with her quote that pain is not a choice, but suffering is optional and that she decided not to sign up for the optional suffering. And so I think that that's just really um, evident of her mindset shift. Yeah. And I think that really contributed to her success. Yes. Um, it's, it's easy to sort of overlook how important that whole mindset piece is uh, to this, but we see it time and again um, that it can make uh, so much of the difference. Um, I also really appreciated the fact, like I talked about, that she shared this with her doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people are a little worried about sharing something that's, that their doctor didn't recommend or advocate or that sounds like that, that makes it feel like they're doing something on the sly or something. But um, I think almost universally we hear that, that, that doctors are receptive. And I've yes. talked about this before that as a doctor who's had, who over the years had many migraine patients who were suffering and, and I felt like I couldn't help, you know, right. I'd be happy to hear of anything that's, that they're doing better with. And, and um, mm-hmm. so feel free to share and they'll be happy to hear about it so that they can then pass it along uh, to their patients. And then the uh, other thing that was, or a couple other things that she mentioned, one was that um, she found that even though she had a sweet tooth, that giving up sugar Mm -hmm. was easier than she thought. Um, And uh, I know that most of the people in our community have said that's the case, that they thought that it actually turned out to be easier than they thought it was. We have some exceptions where some folks struggle with it, but more often than not, um, it tends to be easier than we thought, or than they thought, and uh, that was certainly the case for me too. And I think because she just cut it out completely and didn't try to use the artificial sweeteners to kind of fill in um, for the place of the sugar, then that's part of the reason why she really was able yeah. to eliminate those cravings. I think if it's if there's if there's if you leave it kind of as a optional mm-hmm. sort of thing, it's a makes it a lot harder. You've mentioned before too that you like clear boundaries. You do a lot yes. better if you have a clear boundary. That's right. it's, it's, and um, some people just do a whole lot better with that. And I think that's uh, certainly true in the case with the the sugar thing, especially if you're coming from having a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, like that she mentioned that uh, she now eats when she's hungry. That's right. Yes, that's huge. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But uh, and and. I was the same way for years. I wasn't hungry at breakfast, but I would eat it because I'd been told it was the most important meal of the day. That's right. So yet another piece of horrible health advice we've been given over the years that uh, made us unhealthier. So once again, um, thanks to Julia for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Uh, I know 
uh, other folks out there who have who have listened to this story are going to be helped tremendously by it. And if you'd like to follow in her footsteps, remember that you can now join Migraine Everland for free for 30 days. Just go to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash join to learn more. And you'll also find a link in the podcast description. Thank you.